Welcome to episode 57 of the Fertility Podcast, where I'm actually doing a bit of a back to the future moment here. This episode was shared with you at the end of 2016. It's an interview with Laura Biggs, who is the managing director of the Fertility Show. Now, the reason that I've jumped in in December 2018 is because I'm going to be working more with the Fertility Show in the new year in 2019 at their Manchester event making some podcast content for them so we're sharing the content that I've previously made on the Fertility Show's website and in this episode I spoke with Laura about her own infertility journey her involvement with the show and why she'd first gone there to kind of see what it was all like. She talks about how she was dealing with unexplained infertility and had had fertility treatment for her son and Laura is now pregnant at 47 so she's expecting her second child through using a donor and we're going to be talking more about her story so you'll hear her explain a bit about herself and I just wanted to let you know that um, she's gone through treatment again it's a really interesting story obviously being an older woman and using a donor egg and we will tell Laura's story as well as some other stories related to the fertility show in the new year so keep your eyes and your ears open for that for now though have a listen I hope you enjoy this episode Welcome to another episode of the Fertility Podcast, episode 57. I checked, because if you listened to my last episode, I couldn't remember what number I'd got to. I'm aiming for 100 by the end of this year. Not sure if that's going to happen. It's uh, October 2016, if you're listening in the future. Um, Basically, a lot's about to happen in the UK because November sees the start of National Fertility Awareness Week. So in this podcast episode, you're going to hear from Laura Biggs, who's the managing director of The Fertility Show, which is a massive event that happens in the UK annually. And she's got some really exciting news about the changes for the show because she's uh, new in charge and also their plans for next year. We're also going to hear from Susan Seenan, who's uh, been on this podcast a couple of times. She's the chief executive of what was Infertility Network UK, and the organisation has rebranded as Fertility Network UK. So you'll hear from Susan about all the work that they're doing and how it can help you if you've never heard of either the show or Iron UK, now Fertility Network UK. I think this will be a really interesting insight into what's out there for you, especially if you've just found yourself on your fertility journey. If this is the first time that you're listening to this podcast, my name's Natalie, I'm your host, and I had fertility treatment in 2014. Now, I made this podcast because my background's in broadcasting, and I wanted to use my professional experience along with my personal experience and at first I was making this podcast anonymously I wasn't quite sure quite how to be me in what I was doing but as our little boy turned one because we had successful fertility treatment uh, I decided along with my husband that why not go for it be brave which is what I'm constantly talking to people about just giving infertility issues a voice and that's what I'm doing that's what this podcast is all about I talk to people I meet on Twitter or in real life, um, who are willing to share their stories, their struggles. I also speak to experts and people um, working from a support point of view or working in an awareness point of view. So I hope that if you have just found this podcast, that you find it really interesting variety. And if you're a long time listener, thank you for your support. I've just moved from Hertfordshire to Manchester and um, I'm now going to have a little more time to put into this podcast so 
if you've got any feedback on things you'd like me to cover on people you'd like me to speak to please feel free email me natalie at the fertilitypodcast.com my name's laura biggs and i'm the managing director of the fertility show welcome to the fertility podcast laura it's lovely to have you on thank you so I'm keen to know about uh, your involvement with the Fertility Show because it's a recent thing that you're now MD of, of, of what's happening, isn't it? Yeah, we're River Street Events and we acquired the Fertility Show from Jonathan Scott, who I think you've spoken to before. Um, Jonathan had uh, started this show from scratch and uh, was running it out of his uh, bedroom, actually, um, but had run it for seven years brilliantly and was very, very passionate because he'd had some family... Um, uh, he had some family with fertility issues so it was very close to his heart um, our, our industry is quite small in the event space and we we found out that the fertility show was potentially um, on the market and uh, as an event organiser I'd also had fertility issues and I'd never been to the show but once, whilst I was going through fertility treatment I was aware of it and I kind of wished that I'd had the opportunity to go because maybe I might have taken some different or more informed decisions. So last year, this time last year, I spent a couple of days at the Fertility Show under undercover, as it were, and I went along to the seminars and I spoke to exhibitors and yeah, it just over, was overwhelmed me really and I found it an incredible show. So felt very passionately about it and thought that we could take it to the next stage and look after Jonathan's baby, as it were, and nurture it and look for it to prosper and also develop another show as well. So we're having our own little fertility show baby and going to Manchester next year as well. Well, that's really exciting for me having just moved to Manchester. So that's March 2017 you're going to be up north. Yeah, 25th to 26th of March. And, and yeah, gained great um, support actually from the local clinics and some overseas clinics. And we're just about to put our speaker programme together. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting to go to Manchester. So what can people expect? We're talking about the London show at the moment, which is um, at the start of November. I'll put all the details on the show notes. It's at Olympia. If somebody just found out that they need to have fertility treatment and the whole overwhelm of where to go, what they need to think about, faced with a big show, what, what would you say people can expect when they walk through the doors at Olympia? Well... I would say to them, if you are coming along, definitely, definitely do some research beforehand. Um, it's all on our website and there are over 60 talks going on over the weekend from all the leaders in the fertility industry and also all the subject matters that you could ever wish to find out about. But it can be overwhelming, as I found last year. So definitely spend some time on the website, which is www.fertilityshow.co.uk. That's where all of the seminars are listed. And then really come along with an open mind, I would say. Pick a couple of seminars. They are absolutely, I mean, they are incredible and they do sell out. So, so make sure that you, you do reserve them in advance. And they're only £3 and you really are hearing from the top experts in their field. Then really just plan your, the exhibitors that you want to go and see. Again, all the, they're all listed on the website and they are, um, you know, there's a mixture of companies there. They're overseas fertility um, clinics and, and, and most of the key UK ones as well as alternative therapies but new this year and I think would be really helpful and having been to the show last year you know it, you know people are there for a reason and people are there for a reason that can be overwhelming so there's a certain element of actually a bit of sadness at the show actually I, I found and I think that um, we've our aim with the show this year is to to make it a little bit more 
warm and friendly. Um, we've put some more seating areas in. We've put some rest areas in. And we've put some more cafes in because the food wasn't great, to be honest. So um, that's really important. Dare I say the female touch? The female touch, I would say, yes. Um, and then we've put in a, an interview stage. So when you've gone to listen to your seminar, there's I was itching with questions. And the, the, but the, the experts would go off and they, they leave. And there was queues of people trying to speak to these experts afterwards. And it was quite... It wasn't the great, the best forum. So what we're asking the experts to do now, once they've given their talk, that they go on to our interview stage, which is hosted by Tessa Dunlop. Um, and you can anonymously ask questions at this stage, or you can, if you if you want to, you can put your hand up, and it just gives a chance for those questions that we all want to ask, and perhaps too shy to do so, and uh, another chance to speak to the experts. So just making it a little bit more informative. We made the seminar program clearer to navigate. But that, as I say, I'm going off piece a little bit, but I would say definitely my advice to anyone planning on coming to this show is just spend a little bit of time what, what you'd like to get out of it or study the seminar program and make sure that you've, you've booked into two or three, I would say, if you can. And be prepared to, you know, you, you, will, you will see all of the top clinics there. And it is, I think, a really good place to come if even if you're on your second or third step through fertility and you just want to meet some and get some different views and opinions well looking at your list of speakers and i'm delighted to say a whole host of them have actually been on the fertility podcast so i know you've got likes of kate Bryan talking about factors to consider when choosing a clinic zeta west talking about how to get pregnant tracy sainsbury talking about counseling through infertility so like you say do have a look through and pick the different areas. Professor Alan Pacey, who I've had on this podcast, talking about the male issue with regards to fertility. And it was really interesting as well. I know you've got Tim Child on the Sunday talking about why give it another go. So you are welcoming people who may have been through an unsuccessful round rather than just people starting out, which I think is really interesting to see. Yeah, I, I would definitely... I, mean, I went there as a, as a buyer and a customer last year. It was an interesting place to be because I personally had a couple of rounds of IVF. Secondary infertility was my issue. I had a child 10, well, 11 years ago and I hadn't been able to have a second, sadly. So there was definitely options for every stage. And, you know, is it for an older woman or if you're, you're, you've had miscarriages or you're looking for surrogacy or egg donors, um, egg freezing. So every every kind of area of infertility is covered, including male infertility as well, which is something that is, you know, sometimes hard to talk about. But it's lovely to see there's lots of couples at the show um, and, you know, good to see that they're, 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 they're together facing this you know, big issue. And also, I like that you're covering things like the complementary therapies. You've got Emma Cannon, for example, talking about acupuncture because people will have heard in the press just recently the British Fertility Society talking about acupuncture. And personally, I was a big fan of having complementary therapies alongside it. And there is that, does it work? Is it just for peace of mind? So I think people can go and really get a full picture of the different things. And what I'd like to say about your questions, even if people are going and listening to the Q&A sessions and not asking questions, you'll probably hear the question you want to ask. So that's brilliant that you're giving that that platform for people. Because sometimes yeah. if you dare not ask, because it can be daunting, there's going to be someone who's probably going to ask what you're thinking. Yeah, and if, if there is a question that you really want to ask and, you, and no one's asked it, you can put it in our, we've got boxes there that you can post your question. You don't have to say who you are. And if we don't get it answered on the stage, we'll try and get them answered afterwards as well. I, I think that's really important because... 
you know, when you when you're going through this procedure, as you will know, there's a lot of medical terminology. And to be honest with you, I wish now that I'd I'd ex- asked for the doctor to explain it a bit more. But you just feel, and I was paying privately as well, that you're you, you know they're getting through people so quickly that you don't have that time to really ask and understand what kind of treatment that that they're 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 personalising for you. So this is a great place to do that, and they're that. They really enjoy it, actually, the experts. I've met most of the experts now on our kind of fertility journey this year. And the show is somewhere that they really see that it's their place to give back and to have that open forum. So, you know, you, you couldn't you couldn't buy all that expertise in one place at one time. So it really is if you if anybody is vaguely thinking or thinking I might have another go or I might look for a, a different route, then I'd. I'd definitely say it's worth a trip. And I was going to ask your tips for getting the best out of the show. You've you've kind of covered it already, but just going back to that idea of overwhelm, if because it is over two days, so so people could come and dip in and go and come back. They don't have to come and stay for the whole day, do they? If it does feel too much. No, I think you if you can and you you could do it. You could come back for two days because the seminar program is different um, across the two days. Some of it's repeated, but there are some different. Areas and you often find, I think. Well, I certainly saw, and I felt the same that you kind of have conversations and you want to go away and take that information in. And you, no one's going to make decisions um, at the show, I don't think, um, because it's too it's too much to take in. But if you could afford a couple of days, it would be great. And you can get a two day ticket, and it's it's really reasonable, and you can pop in and pop out and. Olympia um, is just down the road from Kensington, so you can pop out for lunch and come back or do a bit of shopping and come back. Yeah, definitely you could do with some taking some time out sometimes just to go and take in the information that you've heard. Yeah. Just a notepad and pen. I was about to say, don't forget a notepad and pen and don't be afraid to be scribbling notes. I mean, one thing that I've I've learned from doing this podcast, I've asked so many questions since having fertility treatment and I've, I've been in a privileged position to be able to ask those questions but no question as I've had many clinics tell me no question is a stupid question so just you know go for it not at all and de- you know de- every the nice thing about the fertility show is everybody's got something in common there and you will you know you you'll meet some wonderful people on stands uh, lots of people come on stands who've had treatment and you know have had, had you know, successful stories or um, I met a lovely lady last year who'd had uh, a baby through an egg donor, donor from Spain, and it was a really interesting story. And she was she was there off as a volunteer because she wanted to share her experience. And you, you know, to get that first-hand, face-to-face experience, conversation with somebody who's not trying to sell you anything is 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 pretty unique. Well, Laura, best of luck with it. And I'll put all the details on the show notes. And um, I just wanted to give a little taste of what was going to be in store this year. And I, I'm I'm really like interested to hear your background and your involvement as well. Because I think for people listening, I, I think with anything in this overwhelming world of infertility, knowing that someone else gets what you're kind of feeling, it, it, it just kind of helps the whole process, doesn't it? Definitely. Well, hopefully, you maybe you'll be able to come along. I know you're in Manchester now, but if not, we'll definitely see you in Manchester. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, thank you for your time and good luck. Thank you. So I'm going to welcome back Susan Seenan, who's the Chief Exec of Fertility Network UK to the Fertility Podcast. And we're going to talk about Fertility Network UK, which was 
Infertility Network UK. It's had a whole rebrand. So, Susan, welcome to the podcast again. Thank you. It's lovely to be chatting to you again, Natalie. Well, it's great to hear about all the exciting changes with the organisation. So just talk me through. I know um, you announced the name a couple of months ago, but the new website is going to be launched at uh, National Fertility Awareness Week, which is next week, November 2016, if you're listening to this podcast uh, at a later date. So just talk me through what we can expect. Well, the new website has a brand new look, um, very modern, very informative, very clean and fresh. We've had some really good feedback from our initial user testing and what we've tried to do is we've tried to identify the fact that we're there to support everybody who has fertility problems or who has had fertility problems at all so it's not just for people who are going through fertility issues at the moment it could be that people have had some kind of struggle with fertility and they haven't been successful either through treatment or perhaps other family building options and we support those people who are facing involuntary childlessness and um, just as much as we support people who are going through the fertility struggle just now. We also are there with some support and information for those people who have been successful um, and are perhaps expecting a baby after struggling for quite a long time. And another of our focus areas is to highlight the need for more fertility education. So people who just need to be aware of um, some of the things they might want to think about, they're maybe not quite ready to have a baby yet, but are just wondering what their options would be for the future and when their fertility declines, for instance, because lots of people think it declines in their 40s, but actually we know that it's much earlier than that. So four very different groups of people needing very different support, needing totally different information, um, all under the umbrella of Fertility Network UK. So quite a challenging website, um, to do, but we think we've um, we think we've done a very good job with the support of a great website company who built it, Merchant Technology. Because I I found from the people I've spoken to doing this podcast, when it comes to support, if if you've had support, if you've reached out, and like you say, whether it's from trying to have a baby or whether you've not been able to, people tend to think, well, I'll just almost retreat and I can't be helped anymore. At times, maybe you've been through it and it's not been it's not been successful so it's, it's really great to hear that you, you're trying to say to people look you can carry on having help whatever the circumstance you don't have to stop having the support uh, yes I think it's really important that people know that um, because you know even going through fertility treatment um, lots of people are successful but the average cycle has about a 25 30 percent success rate so even couples who've had two or three cycles sadly many of them actually won't end up being successful. Now, some may go on to adopt um, or use other options to complete their family, um, but a lot of people will remain without the children that they very, very much wanted. And, and I think it's very important that we support them um, just as much. So just to explain about how the support actually works, because there's the physical support groups and then there's an online presence as well. Yes, we have um, information and support on our website. We have our support line coordinator, Diane, who's there for people to call up and have a chat to if they want to. And we have lots of support groups, either face-to-face -face or online support groups across the country. Um, and for those people who have moved past needing support while they're going through treatment um, and are perhaps looking to network with other people who, like them, are remaining childless, we've got lots of peer support groups. 
and we're looking to develop them. Underneath the new branding, we're looking to expand the number of um, support groups we have across the country. We've just taken on a new volunteer coordinator who's going to be focusing on that over the next year um, because the feedback we've had from people who do get together with others is that it does, in a lot of cases, provide a lot of help and support and they, and they really value that. Because again, from people I've spoken to um, on this podcast, there is that real belief of, well, I'll just carry on, you know, like carry on regardless. And society has this way of making, if you are childless, making people feel that either it will happen or, you know, just get on with things. And, 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 and I've had feedback from people I've spoken to about how just being able to have somebody in the same boat rather than a friend going, don't worry, it will happen when they've got no idea is, is so rewarding and so beneficial. Um, and, and, and has the feedback been that, that it's, a, it's a male and female area of interest? Yes and no. I think we know from the feedback that the males do very much need support, but we also know that they're not very good at seeking support. So again, that's another big focus area for us going forward. We've tried to make the new website appealing to men as well as women. We've tried to to include a lot about how men matter too. And the, the new site when it launches won't be 100% complete. In fact, it will never be 100% complete because we will always be adding to it. But we have a plan over the next six months to extend the information and support we have. And we'll be looking for feedback from people to say what they think should be there, perhaps things that we maybe haven't thought about or we don't have enough information on. And we very much welcome feedback from men as to how we can provide them with with appropriate support that works for them. Because I've had some interesting chats again on the podcast about the kind of forums that men are looking at with regards to dealing with their uh, their fertility issues and it does seem that there's there's a bit more of a, of a of a practice of doing it whereas previously I think men were much more reluctant so it's, it's positive to hear that men are looking online at forums at least. Yes definitely um, and, I, and I think it can be hugely helpful to them if they just get over that hurdle of the fact that they feel they actually don't need anybody to support them. There's nothing wrong with with seeking support, asking for support and getting support um, because it is a huge issue for men as, as well as women Infertility is not a female issue. Um, it affects men just as much as it affects women. The medical causes lie with men as well as women, and it has an impact emotionally um, and physically on men as well as women. So, yeah, definitely um, a lot needed done around about that. Well, I look forward to the new website, and we can talk again once it's launched and, and hopefully find out about the feedback that you've been getting. So with regards to this year's National Fertility Awareness Week, I know you've got your Hidden Faces campaign, which uh, I was unfortunately unable to get involved with because of my time, but it's amazing to see all the support that you've had. Just tell me a bit more about it from the pictures and the posters. We've um, asked people to share their photographs for our Hidden Faces campaign. And, and what it is, is the, we, we want people behind fertility struggles because we talk about it a lot and we talk about it to the media and we try to raise awareness of it. Sometimes it's really difficult, I think, for people to, to see the real people behind, the people who are really affected and how badly they can be affected by fertility struggles. So we ask people to share their pictures um, with us and we were overwhelmed by the response we got. We had so many people sent in their images. Um, they're all up on the National Fertility Awareness Week website and we're still adding them as we speak and what we hope that that will do is actually let people who perhaps have not experienced fertility problems to see the, the human side um, behind the fertility struggles that people have. So yeah, it's been it's been something new for us this year. 
year and um, I think it's, it's been going really well in terms of raising awareness. It is amazing to see everybody's faces and it is weird isn't it the association that you you have a certain idea of who might go through fertility treatment but I know that even as my husband and I have got more brave dare I say at telling people that we've had treatment people people have been surprised you know we're a young healthy couple and so their their instant reaction is really we never knew why would you know and it's that same whole thing when you look at the pictures of people and you just I don't know what people imagine somebody who's had a fertility issue to look like so I I love that you know I love that you've done this and I think it, it shows the you know the huge variation in the the types of people who are affected by fertility struggles. Also, you've been using on Twitter the hashtag fertility in five. Just explain what that is. The idea of people tweeting with the hashtag fertility in five is to say um, in five words what it's really like to live with fertility problems, what the day to day experiences are of these people who might be struggling to conceive, who might manage to conceive but then struggle to carry a baby. Um, so it, it's to highlight the how they feel, whether you know they're lonely, stressed, um, emotionally, physically upset, unaffected, um, or just simply five words that sum up how they feel on that very day. Um, so and again, we've been absolutely bowled over by the response of the number of people who have shared their fertility in life. Um, and, and I think people can relate to them as well. So it's uh, people who are reading these fertility in five words actually read them and think, yeah, I can relate to that. That's I felt that, that way too. Um, so it's very short, very to the point, um, but actually it's been very effective. Because I wonder with, as we've spoken about before, there being a lot of people who use Twitter and use blogs to share their fertility experience, which is so helpful for those who are in a similar position. But if you're not wanting to, to share everything, being able to just sum up how you feel in five words is actually a, a really brilliant way for you just to kind of have an input rather than having to write a whole blog post. Yeah, and five words, everybody can think of five words, which sums up how they feel at different times. And, and I think too, it, it covers people who are trying. Um, people who have been successful, people who are struggling perhaps with secondary infertility, um, as well as people who are remaining childless. So it's not just about people who are trying at the minute, it it covers the whole spectrum of people who have been touched with fertility issues. And you're going to be at this year's fertility show, and we heard from Laura Biggs at the beginning of this podcast, and how this year's show is a bit different with... uh, her being at the helm, um, having had fertility treatment and having a bit more of an insight into how it feels. She was talking about hoping that the show has a much warmer feeling and uh, a more kind of personal feeling. Obviously, it's a big space, we know. Um, it's a big, um, a, big exhibition cent- a, a big exhibition hall at Olympia. What are you hoping for this year's show? Um, I'm hoping, as Laura said, it will be um, a warmer experience for people. We will be there again as people come into the show. I hope that they will come have a chat to us. As they're going round, if they do start to feel a bit overwhelmed, because it can be very overwhelming, there's a lot to take in, there's a lot of exhibitors, there's a lot of talks. I hope people will feel that they can come and visit the Fertility Network stand just for a chat, just to take a little bit of time out, a little bit of space. We'll also have a quiet room, so if anybody does feel overwhelmed, we can take them 
just out of the environment for a few minutes, um, as long as it, it takes for them just to sit down and take just take a little bit of time away before they, they go back in, into the environment again. One of the biggest things at the show is the amount of um, expert medical knowledge which people can access. So the new Q&A stage will give another chance for people to put the questions to the best minds in fertility, basically. So the new website is launching for National Fertility Awareness Week. So just give me the details now and I'll put it on the show notes as well. And I'm going to put all the hashtags that we've discussed too so people can, can follow them and, and see what you've been talking about. What's the website? The new website address will be www.fertilitynetworkuk.org. Great stuff. Well, Susan, thanks again, as always, for giving us an update. And Lovely to Good luck with the fertility show. Lovely to talk to you too. And we will speak again soon. Yes, I'm sure we will. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you, Susan. Bye. So to get the show notes for this podcast, just go to thefertilitypodcast.com forward slash fertility show 16. And I'll put links through to the fertility show. Also to my previous chats with Susan Seenan from Fertility Network UK. She's done all sorts of amazing work over the years with regards to Infertility Network UK and she works with Fertility Fairness. I'm going to be speaking to her probably in, in about a month's time about some new research that Fertility Fairness have done. I'm putting out another episode at the end of this week on Friday from Emily Hodge, who I mentioned previously. She is a coach who has um, survived cancer and has had fertility treatments as well. And she talks about dealing with that, the fertility preservation that she had to do once she was diagnosed with having cancer in her 30s. A really interesting, lovely story um, that she shares about kind of managing with it. And as always, if you've got anything that you want to get in touch with me about, just email natalie at thefertilitypodcast.com. You can go to the website and leave me a little voice message if you'd like to hear back from me. And as I was saying at the start of this podcast, I am determined to be spending more time on my correspondence and on just putting more out for you. I'm trying to do more work on Facebook. So if you're a fan of uh, Facebook Live, that kind of thing, um, I'm hopefully going to have some new stuff lined up for the new year. So keep an eye on Facebook, which is The Fertility Podcast, and Twitter, which is at Fertility Poddy. And if you haven't subscribed, get yourself to thefertilitypodcast.com. I love you for supporting me. It really means the world. And I hope this is just a little bit of help in whatever it is you're going through. So until the next time. Bye.